Well, some of those things tie into this, but not entirely. So my turn. Researching this was terrifying. Very terrifying. I did not enjoy this whatsoever. How many times did I text you in the past two days like researching four this? Or five. Four or five, saying I didn't like this. Uh, I wanted to stop, and uh, multiple reasons. Um, so there were multiple parts in my uh, outline here that I wrote in alt caps, uh, and there's even one line that says "What the fuck." So we'll get throughout this. Uh, we're gonna try and make it through this together. Um, and I also wrote some notes that say, uh, try and summarize this up quickly. So my topic today is Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my God. So I had always heard about Jeffrey Dahmer since like I was, you know, a kid through, you know, culture references and stuff like that. I didn't realize that this was all still going on when we were born. Yep. Like 91, 92, like that all was all like the peak era of Jeffrey Dahmer. So uh, I had no idea that this was like, uh, I thought it was like 70s kind of shit. You know, you hear about the serial killer things and you think like, you know, back in the day, like none of this stuff happens nowadays. The serial killers are real, girl. This is happening. There's this, one out there now. I'm like, sure I somewhere. Sure. I fucking can't. I can't. I can't. Because like some of the stuff that happens is like so like. Terrifying. And just... so simple. Like this could happen to literally anyone and just like, okay, we'll get into it. Let's, let's get started. So early life of Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, born in 1960, Milwaukee, to Joyce and Lionel Dahmer. Uh, Lionel was a student at the time, getting his chemistry degree. Uh, there's apparently claims of him being neglected as a toddler and infant uh, because his father's studies took a lot of his time, and his mother apparently worked herself into uh, a, a, a hysteria. Sen- yeah, basically, sense of anxiety of like trivial matters uh, because she was constantly seeking attention from uh, Lionel wow. Dahmer, so the father. Um, so Jeffrey Dahmer apparently recalls his early years of having extreme. So. Uh, I guess a short disclaimer. Um, Jeffrey, in, after, I guess, being arrested, plot twist, I'm sorry, he got arrested. I guess, spoiler. Um, he got arrested, but, like, uh, re- he re- was recorded over, like, 60 hours of, like, a recollection of, like, his life, essentially. And he was also went, like, had a interview in 1992 as well. 92 or 93, it's, it, it's in here. Um, that, like, he talked about all of this stuff. So he, he's gone over this stuff. So we've got recollections throughout this entire thing of some things that he recalled and some things that like, you know, were found out over, over time. So whatever. Uh, so he recalled in his early years of having extreme tension between his parents. Uh, this, like people described him as being quiet and timid by his peers. Uh, even though he had a small group of friends, uh, even his first grade teacher wrote on his report card that he was reserved and that she sensed like neglect at home. Um, at early age, he took an interest in animals. He began collecting insects and putting them in jars. Uh, so like clicking them, but like I, when I was a kid, I used to do that too. And I think I turned out semi-normal. I don't, uh, I never did that. I, oh, well, and you cut your hair now and you're a serial killer. And I, oh. and I, <laughs> so, uh, I used to want to be like an entomologist when I was a kid. Like I always was very interested in bugs, and so, like, I'd collect these big beetles and, like, butterflies and all this stuff because it was so interesting to me to, like— But what do you do with them? I would feed them grass and, like, leaves and stuff like that, basically, until they died, so. (laughs) I mean, I would try and keep them alive as, like, little pets. I'd poke holes in the jar. Like, I wouldn't torture them or anything like that. So, I mean, I was semi-normal, I think, in a way. But then, anyways, he took a next step, and he began to play with, like, dead animal carcasses and roadkill. Uh, with his friends accompanying him. So he, he had help as from his friends. As you friend. do. As you I, do. I never played with roadkill. Did you play with roadkill? Uh, no. Okay. So that's not as you do. <laughs> Unless you're in Alabama. You oh, shit. Well, oh, fuck. Here we are again. <laughs> do they even have toys? I don't know. 
They got ice cream and incest. We learned from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Do they have toys? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Things made of wood? No. They play well, they with have, twigs. Yeah. Roadkill. They got roadkill. Roadkill and twigs. They got roadkill and their sisters to play with. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> that's sexist, okay? The sisters have their brothers to play with, That's too. true. They can definitely take advantage of that, too. Uh, anyways, so he began dismembering the animals and keeping them in jars because he wanted to know how they fit to quote unquote fit together. Um, his father says his son was very fascinated by the sounds of that bones made and that he would search for them around the house. Um, in 1966, his father got his degree and his mother had their second child who, uh, Jeffrey got to name. His name was David. Um, and they moved <gasps> to, yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. just talked about David. Yeah, you did. Was he the one no end house? Yep. Maybe they're all connected. Um, and then they moved to Ohio. Uh, Dahmer asked over dinner one time about putting chicken bones in bleach solution and kind of like what would happen there. Um, since his father was a, a chemist, he got his chemistry degree. His father was like, ooh, my son likes science. This is so cool. You know, like, ooh, he's very interested in this shit. So like the, you know, age of six or, you know, six, seven, eight, I don't know how old he was at the time. Um, was like, okay, let's let's start doing scientific experience, experiments. So he assisted him in like, putting bones in bleach and like started working with like putting animal bones in, in bleach with his, his son, like teaching him ble- bleaching methods of animal bones. Um, and so then he continued to use his methods that his dad taught him as he collected more animals from the animal carcasses. But what does that do? It just makes the bones wider? No, it like takes off the, the, it disintegrates like the skin and the flesh and like keeps it like cleans it essentially. It's cleaning the bones so that he can have the bones. Oh. We'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> we'll go further. Uh, so then we're moving on to the high school years. Um, apparently, he began to drink heavily before, during, and after school. Um, and when his, like at the age of 14, like young, young, uh, like I didn't have my first sip of alcohol until I was 18, I think, with with my parents. So like I had, I, I can't even imagine drinking heavily at the age of 14. Like people described him drinking cups of gin in the mornings. What and like, the fuck? Yeah, cups, like full-on like thermos cup of gin kind of thing, like Shit. tossing it back. And so when one of his friends addressed him about it, he called it his quote-unquote medicine. So like the boy already knew something was wrong in his brain and could feel it and was trying to drown it all out. So at the age of 14, he already was a little fucked up. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So he was largely uncommunicative. 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 Is that the thing? He yes. doesn't communicate. Does not communicate, um, but was very polite and highly intelligent, as regarded by his peers and his uh, his teachers. He got average grades, but a lot of people like so he didn't do great. A lot of people attributed it to apathy because they knew he was super super smart, kind of like my little brother. Um, he's super smart in my aspect. You listen to him talk; he actually knows what he's talking about. But he did not get good grades, so it's just like you know you were bored or not challenged enough or, you know, whatever it was. I wonder um, if, like, that's, like, a mild form of autism that, that they never I, just I question that. that. Yeah, like, or, like, OCD or, not OCD, um, ADD. Like, or Asperger's. Yeah, or I mean, this was back in the, what, uh, late 60s, 70s? 70s? Late 70s, yeah, because he was born in 1960, so, you know, being 17, 18, around that age. He probably had lots of bell bottoms and plaid jackets. Ooh, here we are. Call back. Hippie, <laughs> hippie ages, let's go, queen. Um, so then my next point said that, uh, they discovered that he was gay and had a relationship but never had intercourse. Um, but then after, shortly after that, after, you know, having an actual relationship, he started having fantasies of total domination and controlling a submissive partner. Like, completely just, like, wanting complete control. Um, so then, at the age of 16, 
mind you, mm-hmm. uh, 16 years old, he concocted a rape plan. Oh. Of a jogger that he found particularly attractive. So he, And it's a man? A man. Uh, he laid along this jogger's route. So he had to have watched this jogger multiple times to know exactly the route that this man takes all How the time. How fucking creepy. Yeah. Uh, he lays along the route in the bushes with a baseball bat. And then he wanted, because he wanted to render him unconscious and sexually use his body. So that's where I wrote the point, what the fuck? <laughs> Is this like a public area? I assume he's outside in a bush. Like this has to be like a sidewalk or some some route that like he was able to see this jogger to begin with, find him, and then follow him multiple times to understand his route. Like, So I know a little bit about Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay, you, you research spooky I'm shit. Expert. Exactly. Yeah. So they were very affluent. 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 So they're very affluent. So they have a lot of money. There's our so title. We got affluent. <laughs> so I'm sure they had lots of money. So I imagine it's probably like, is it just down his street? Because there's not, there won't be a lot of people walking there, or is it like an actual trail? I have no idea. I mean, the the way that this describes the house that there was like a wood wooded area behind them. So okay. I don't know if it was like a wooded area, like park kind of thing that was like behind them that he was able to watch this runner, this jogger, like and knew where he would run all the time. But he had like I, we ran with the front runners. You still run with the front runner sometimes, um, and like I barely even know which way people go. Like yeah. around a loop. I pick <laughs> so, different sides. So time. like it, it does. Like I can't. I can't even imagine watching someone so much. To... Also, there's so many people there. So exactly. It's definitely not anything. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. So it can't be. I guess it can't be that that crowded. But like, maybe in the '70s, people were like, "I don't need to run." Maybe they were like, "Oh, health." <laughs> not <laughs> part of it. Do more cocaine. It's canceled. So yeah. Um, but he was unsuccessful in that attempt because apparently that jogger didn't come that day, um, and it was later noted that that was his first uh, attempt. Trial. His first attempt to actually harm someone. Um, so then his grades began to decline due to alcoholism and apathy once again, uh, and then his parents divorced. Uh, those apparently, this is a side note, I didn't write this in, but from the research, there was apparently a time that he was in the uh, parking lot, like at the end of his senior year, and he was like downing alcohol, and a teacher caught him. Um, and the teacher was like, I'm going to report you. And he's like, please don't. The guidance counselor already knows, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm having a really hard time at work. Or not at work. With my, at home. With my my family. Like, What the fuck, yeah. 70s? Yeah. So, you can just tell a teacher, don't worry, I'm just drinking this alcohol because <laughs> I'm super drunk. Yeah, I have a fun. hard time at home. Exactly. And the guidance counselor, somebody knows about it. Yeah. It's fine. I have alcoholism, but someone knows about it. So we're it's okay. It's fine. We're yeah. good. Yeah. Go well, home. I guess the first step is, like, what, admission? You know, it, you, you admit I mean, that you have a problem. Uh, so there you go. He admitted it, but I don't think he took any steps after that. Okay. Um, so then we get to our first murder. <gasps> yeah. So we have the murder of Stephen Hicks. So three weeks after high school graduation, uh, Dahmer picks up a hitchhiker uh, who was apparently going to a concert. Um, he enticed him with drinks at his family home, which was at the time empty because his parents divorced. So his uh, mother went to live with her family, I believe. And then her, uh, the, uh, his father went to go live with his new fiance. So mm-hmm. they they were, from the way that it was described on the internet, he was with his fiance his, at the time for like six months ish after they divorced, and they were already engaged. Which was like, well, you so got it. So from what I've seen and I've watched movies about it before, they I thought they lived with his grandmother, the mom's dad. We're getting there. Okay, he doesn't at the time. Okay. Right now, he's living in the family home that no one is living in currently. 
So uh, at some point, the hitchhiker, Stephen Hicks, wanted to leave, and Jeffrey Dahmer said, I didn't want him to. So he hit him up the side side of the head with a 10-pound dumbbell twice and then strangled him with a leather strap. Uh, He then stripped his dead body of its clothes and then masturbated over the top of him. Hmm. So that's page one (laughs) of five. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, He then dissected the body, buried the body parts in a shallow grave in the backyard before returning weeks later. It just said weeks later. It didn't say how many weeks later. To dig up the body, peel out the skin, burn it in acid, flush it down the toilet, crush the bones, and then scatter them in the woods behind the house. So... How do you know to do all that at the beginning? That's your first murder. Well, I mean, if you look back at his, his childhood, his dad taught him these techniques of, like... To get rid of Taking things. care of... Like, his dad was teaching him these things. Like, taking care of the body. I, I don't know. So, obviously, he's highly intelligent. That's wild. He knows exactly what he's doing. Like, first first murder. He already knows what he's doing. Like, hands down. Um, so, then I wrote Summarize next to this part, because we're jumping forward a little bit. Um Jeffrey Dahmer then attended and failed out of university out of th- after three months. Um, his father encouraged him to join the army directly afterwards. He got stationed in Germany. Uh, well, okay, between this, I forgot the side note. Uh, he was actually stationed at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio. Oh. Briefly. Uh, so that's So you terrifying. guys are friends. Apparently. I was friends. Maybe he was friends with my dad. Who knows? Oh, God, don't even joke about that. That's terrifying. Um, Wait, is that the one that your dad worked? Was stationed no, at? he no he. My dad worked. Uh, well, he didn't work until your he dad was, is not as old as Jeffrey Dahmer. No, he was born in 1960. Same year. Really? Same same age as oh Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. So, but like my dad was uh, didn't join the uh, uh, civil service until he was I think 24, 25, uh, maybe 26. I don't know. Wait. But shit, that's rich. Shit. <laughs> my dad's <laughs> name is Rich, but shit, that is. Oh rich. shit, that's rich. <laughs> oh, that's rich. Uh, so, yeah, two soldiers um, in Germany attested to being raped by uh, Dahmer. Uh, one was attested to being drugged in an armor vehicle. So I looked up the army armor vehicle that, like, there was a link for it, and it looks like a, a tank. So, I mean, imagine being inside of a tank with another man, and I assume there's only, like, two people in there, just you two, and then him drugging you and... I mean, you could n- never no one would hear you no one would ever see or know or hear what happened ever like that's terrifying to me yeah. that you're like in this like enclosed environment like stuck with someone else who's crazy as fuck doing terrible things to your body another person tested to being raped multiple times over a 17 month period I questioned why and they did this while they're all in the army yes and so I questioned like why was nothing said but then I was like well this is Late 70s, yeah, early 80s. Like, be, I, I literally wrote, being gay does not equal okay in yeah. the 80s. So I guess that makes more sense. Like, if he, like, I mean, also rape culture, even nowadays, like, the victims are the ones that are blamed, blamed. you know, for that. So, I mean, multiple times over 17 months, like, that's a long period of time. So those 17 months that he was in the army, um, he ended up getting discharged in 1981 for alcoholism and deteriorating performance. He had an honorable discharge because they, they said that there was nothing wrong with his... Um, what was the wording they used? It was essentially like he didn't do anything bad. So like there's no reason to dishonorably discharge him. He just wasn't performing. So they said he's not welcome in the arm anymore, which I was like, I feel like they accept everyone. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're going to straighten him out. Like, <laughs> ra-ta-ta. Well, I mean, okay. No, because they didn't report being raped. That's, yeah. You got to, okay. Everybody yeah. r- report if you're being raped. Yes, please. Please call 911. Please immediately Stay go see a doctor. Place. Go to a hospital. 
um, you know, anything. It, please, please on, talk to someone. On my favorite podcast, My Favorite Murder, they always say fuck politeness. So don't don't worry about... Do that. I mean, if somebody's... You're uncomfortable, get out. Mm-hmm. And don't also, worry about what that person's if you're not being raped you. and you see something that's not, like, a little bit questionable... Say something. See something, say something. That's always what we say. So there's our little bit of always listen. PSA. Yes. Um, moving on. Uh, moved to Miami for a few months after he got kicked out of the army, worked at a deli, and then got evicted because of alcoholism. All of his money was going to alcohol instead of to rent, and so, you know, whatever. And, I mean, like we listened from Nicole Byer, if you make it to your job on time, you're not an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's I mean, all that matters. How do you spend that much money? I, this is the 70s again. An apartment costs $12. How do you spend Once all again, of your yeah, money on alcohol? $12 in New York, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. Because, like, well, I mean, we'll get to the point where it talks about his apartment. And he was spending $300 on a month an apartment. I'm like, I'm spending three times that in a shitty apartment in Houston. Like, well, I guess it's not shitty. It's, it's decent. But, like, still. like, And prices are cheaper. Exactly. So alcohol, what? I mean, a thing of gin will cost you what five dollars, six bucks, it's something like a full thing of gin. So I, he was he must have been like tossing back bottles, like handles of liquor every single day. Um, so I I have no idea. Um, Shit. Yeah. I said GD again. Oh, Kathy, we're sorry. Okay, I'm gonna we're, cut that again. We're gonna try and eliminate that. <laughs> Hold on. We'll work together. Okay. So tossing back liquor. Uh, uh, oh, so then he moved back to – after he got evicted from his apartment in Miami, um, he then moved back in with his father in Ohio. Uh, but then shortly after, he got arrested for drunk and disorderly conduct. Um, and so his father was like, you know what? I'm going to try and help him. I'm going to try and help my son. So he tried to uh, unsuccessfully wean him off of alcohol. Uh, and then – after he was like, okay, I can't do this, sent him off to live with his grandma, who gave him a set of very strict rules uh, and go. said, you need to do these things. The only two rules that he did not follow were drinking and smoking. He still continued to drink and still continued to smoke. Um, smoke so cigarettes? I assume. It just said smoke. So I don't mm. know. Like, we were in the 70s. Were, was he smoking weed at that point? Like, I was, think so. Was it marijuana at the time? Like We're about to get real crazy. Just I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's like a it's honestly a downhill slide from here. Like we are going to slide into some shit oh, real fast, baby. She started at the top of the mountain. Oh yeah, <laughs> We've we been were going. Yeah, all we the were way. talking about dismembering animals, and we're getting only worse from there. Like it's it's Full gonna on, be like she's accelerating. Yeah, like put, we're we've literally put a brick on the gas pedal at this point. Like we gonna crash, we gonna so, die. Get ready. Get ready. Strap in. Um, so it said that they lived harmoniously, and he just had odd jobs kind of throughout the thing. Um, one thing that I didn't really get to was it talked about his jobs, talked about his job, talked about his jobs, and then it just stopped talking about what jobs he was having. And so I don't know what job he ever actually ended up on. Um, and I don't know. Like, he got to a point of, like, being a mixer in a chocolate factory. Um and he, like, worked six nights a week from, like, 11 p.m. until 7 a.m., and that was the last job that they talked about. So I don't know where he ended up um, throughout the process. I feel like he started to work. He – I don't know. Keep going. Yeah, anyways. No so his mother – or I'm sorry, his grandmother lived in the Milwaukee – like, outside of Milwaukee. Um, so he's now in Wisconsin. Um, so then he began fre- frequenting the gay bars and bathhouses in Milwaukee. Um, he became frustrated with his partners moving during sex. Shout out to Trixie Mattel. Oh, why? Because it's Wisconsin. Oh, from, from Milwaukee. Okay, got it. Oh, poor thing. Are you related to Jeffrey Dahmer? I mean, 99%. I mean, have you positive. looked at her? 
<laughs> she's got like knives as her like as her eyeliner, eyeliner. <laughs> full on murderous eyebrows <laughs> yes exactly that um so then he started giving the like his partners in the bathhouses sleeping pills and drinks with sedatives um which is uh, I think apparently frowned upon in the bathhouses. I don't know. I've never been, so I, I don't imagine. actually know. Um, and after 12, 12 incidences being caught, twelve times of this happening, the bathhouse bathhouse at that point revoked his membership. Twelve times that they were like, "This is fine. This is fine. This is fine." Just slap on the wrist. Normal stuff here. Yeah. And then after the twelfth time, they were like, "Okay, probably not." Hey, like, bud, you gotta stop. Uh, yeah, okay, you can't, you can't do come that. back here. Yeah. Why? Why 12 times? I don't understand. Anyways, choices. Um, so he apparently claims that he saw people as objects of pleasure, not people. Like they were for him to appreciate and for him to appreciate only, like sexually. And like that's it. Nothing else. Um, so then he read a report shortly after being kicked out of the bathhouse of an 18-year-old male who died. So then he went to go try and dig up the body. But apparently the, like, the coffin, like, freshly after it was buried, but apparently the ground was too, like, thick for him to get through, and so he gave up. Uh, so then he was arrested in 1986 uh, for masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys. So we, we just kind of jumped, how many years was that? About six years, like, altogether? So no, five years. mid-20s now. Yeah, mid-20s. Yeah, 20, 26 is where he's sitting at right now. Um, so a 26-year-old – so the the masturbating in front of 12-year-old boys, I didn't write this down, but he first admitted to it and then went back to saying, no, I was just peeing. And, like, they misunderstood. But it's like, uh, there's a big difference between those two things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, honestly, at 12, I think I was maybe to that point probably TMI. Sorry, Kathy and Patty, for listening to this. But, like, at that point, I kind of knew what – masturbation was like well, I, meant, I mean even if you don't it's definitely different than peeing exactly like you could definitely tell that there's a difference between like peeing and doing things to yourself um so we get to the murders with uh three disease afterwards because there's I a mean, lot of murders well yeah 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 how so, many do you did you make a count before this 17 17 17 so we've got 17 one. that he admitted to yes that 17 is 17 that they found yeah. And he admitted to. 17, exactly. Um, so that's what I've counted. Uh, I did. I was going to write numbers on here just so I had all the numbers written next to all the names that I've got here in the next three pages of murders. Um, but I don't have that. We're an hour and 20 minutes in. Excellent. So I will speed up a little bit. <laughs> so uh, the first one is the Ambassador Hotel. Um, he invited the, uh, a boy named Stephen Toomey from the bars to uh, a ho- hotel room at the Ambassador Hotel. He planned to only drug and rape the unco- unconscious body. That was just his plan. It was like, that's simple, I mean, question mark. Um, gross. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, What would you get out of that? The person's unconscious. Exactly. But like, you go back to what I said at the bathhouses. He was frustrated with um, his partner's moving. And then going back even further, he was uh, he was always interested in having total control. So when someone is able to move and respond to him, I guess he didn't like that. Like the, the response, like I, that's just so terrifying to me. That's sick. Yeah, exactly. Um, so apparently he, uh, had so much to drink or, you know, whatever. He woke up to, uh, to, to Omi's, Toomey's, um, dead body, uh, with his chest having been crushed in, battered, bloody, bruised, disgusting, um, like, and he had no recollection of the event. Um, I just want to pause to say that Chris is terrified of 
anything. And uh, I'm terrified of gore. I yeah. hate gore. I can't stand blood. This is going to get so, real bloody, real yeah. gross, real So fast. we're actually going to scare Spencer in this yeah. episode. Woo! Here we go. So excited. Yeah. I mean, it took me so long to write all of this because I was just reading some of this stuff, and I just could not get through it Put all it on in one paper. sitting. Like, it was just like, I could not summarize things. I just, like, there were some points that I just wanted to copy and paste it all, but there was just so much information that I was like, I have to yeah, power I mean, through this. Yes. Yeah, so... No recollection at all. Um, and he is honestly shocked, like doesn't recall it ever happening. So he doesn't know anything. Uh, so he takes the body back to his grandma's house in a suitcase. Cause like, I mean, I, I wondered how you're going to get this out of a, a hotel, like a battered buddy body. Oh, also he had bruises on his, his fist and forearm. So obviously like he did it. Um, and can you hear Kennedy? Awesome. I love dogs. <laughs> There's a dog eating in the background. Nobody paid attention. It's Kennedy, and uh, he's very hungry. He's just going to town. He's a snarfy little doggy. Um, so, yeah, he takes the body back to his grandma's house in a suitcase, filleted the bones from the body, cut the flesh into small enough pieces to handle, severed the head, crushed the bones in towels, and then threw it all in the trash. Crushed the bones in towels? Yeah. So, like, I guess to keep splinters from going everywhere, he covered the bones with towels and like sledgehammer oh, okay, okay, okay. sledgehammer them. I was like how do you crush them in towels the yeah. towels are just soft no yeah he, your hands. he crushed a towel like shit he's also the Hulk <laughs> he's Professor Hulk actually okay so uh, crush yeah crush crush the bones and towels threw it away in the trash uh, kept the head for two weeks before boiling it in detergent and bleach um, so he, where did he keep it? In the suitcase? It didn't tell me where. So I assume he put it in the fridge or just had it at out. I don't know. He can't do that at his grandmother's house. Hold on. We'll get there, too. Um, so he kept the skull after bleaching it, uh, but apparently he like, bleached it too harshly. So it was a little brittle. He mm. kept the skull as, um, I quote, dot, 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 stimulus, dot, 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 meaning uh, he... Um, masturbated. Exactly. Went went to town with the skull uh, before he then pulverized it and disposed of it like the rest of it. Um, two months after, he began meeting men at, at and nearby gay bars and taking them back to his grandmother's house. Um, the first one was a... Just want to say really quickly, thank God he wasn't alive for Grinder. Honestly? Honestly. Because... How many Terrifying. murders would there be? Like, like this, this gets so real. The first what the first thing that made it was the real thing was me as a jogger. Like I've run in places that were not well lit, places that were not well like functioned. Like I ran along uh, like Hershey Park down off of um, uh, like the Beltway and like uh, I got nothing. It's out South? far far west. It's out, out west. Like Sugarland? No, not that. That's no. That's, well, that's southwest, but no west, oh, like west Bel -Air. like north of Westheimer, like along the bayou. So Buffalo oh, Bayou okay, out yeah, like yeah. towards like Eldridge Parkway and all that stuff. Um, this is like both episodes we've talked about Houston stuff that no, no one has any idea. No highways. Oh yeah, excellent. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I used to run out there, and like there were parts of the the trail that would lead up into just like forested areas that were kind of like there was nothing there, and like I could have been one of these the joggers that someone jumped out in a bush and dead like murder, murdered murder, me murder, like murder. gone 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 and not even because you're gay i mean just oh because God, I, just I was there when you're gay <gasps> uh, no, i mean the fact that i have talked about drag and boys and men and everything was not indicator previously <laughs> well i mean you've just literally outed yourself gasp gasp i am shook <laughs> 
Uh, High school Chris would be livid right now. So the podcast is over. Um, we're not doing anymore. No gays allowed. It's um, canceled. But like, even if it was just like a crazy f- fucking person, bastard, just yeah. on in the in a tree that yeah. was like, I'm gonna murder this fucker because it's super easy right now. And like, even if I had screamed, and like the houses that backed up the bayou, this was oh, I guess this was pre Harvey, but still, like it it probably flooded before. It doesn't matter. They're not matter. listening. They and even if they heard someone scream, they either think it's a teenager out there, they're not going to respond, or if they did respond, they're not going to get to me fast enough. Like, One of my favorite uh, murders that I guess I'll probably talk about here on on the podcast later is uh, Kitty Genovese. Mm-hmm. Kitty Genovese lived in New York City in the 1960s, mm-hmm. and uh, she was she was a lesbian, but that doesn't per- well, pertain she was, to the story. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly a lesbian. And a, uh, she was like walking home from a bar late at night and uh, some guy <laughs> starts like, uh, you know, attacking her. Mm-hmm. And she starts screaming, screaming, help me, help me, help me, help me. And there's like four apartment buildings all around her. They're like full of people. Yeah. 50 stories tall, full of people. Help me, help me, help me. She dies. Nobody, nobody helps her. Yeah. So like. I mean, I hear like a scream of someone at the car wash across the street, this street, the street, and I always open my door because I never know. It's always people joking around. At least I hope it's always people joking around because they're always outside of the car, you know, teasing each other. But regardless, like hear something, say something like, I mean, I always at least attend to it. You know, I'm looking at everything, you know, yeah. especially in Houston, because Houston is like one of the highest like sex trafficking cities in, in the United States. So I'm Yo, always on the lookout for shit. Like this that. fucking road down here, Valentine Street mm-hmm. is like people scream all hours of the night. I've woken up in the middle of the night and like it was actually like a couple of weeks ago where this woman was just like, give me my fucking purse. Give me my purse. And I was like. Panicking. Yeah. I, I mean, know. both of us are very anxiety-ridden people. <laughs> and I told Thomas, he was like, she's probably just drunk. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm going to hold on for a minute. Yeah. And then I heard the car start up, so I figured she it was, she had gotten away. Yeah. But even still, me, in my head, I was like, she started the car. She That woman that was screaming started the car. Yeah. She's leaving. It's fine. But but then you question, like, have. it could have been. she did Yeah. Yeah. And I should have gotten up to look, but it was three in the morning and I was tired. Once again, I think some of these things that we're talking about are very serious topics, even though this is a very comedic podcast. We love you and we are excited that you're listening to us to laugh. We are still also PSA to everyone. Always keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Exactly. Especially since this story, as we continue, these are going to get, they're getting more real. Like these are real things. So like you said with Grindr, a lot of these things are like, this man could have had so much more. Of a, a an influence, I guess, like a, ne- a negative influence to the community. Um, I mean, period. The in, end of story. Like, uh, it's it's just it could have been so much more. And so, like, that's another thing is like when you like as, even as a gay man or you know a straight person meeting up with someone on Tinder, Bumble, whatever, make sure that you trust the person you're with. And if you ever feel uncomfortable, don't get out. Get yeah. like get out. That's Tell fast as when you get okay. First of all, Google whoever you're going mm-hmm. out with. Look them up on Facebook. If they don't have a Facebook, red flag, bitch. Mm-hmm. Don't go. If you can't see things, you're yeah, gone. They better have a yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, anything. Snapchat. Yeah, exactly. When you get to the restaurant, you tell the hostess, girl. Girl. Hold on. You hold watch on. out do, for me. Do the mouth noises, girl. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> tell the hostess. Be like, okay, girl, There's this is the first date. Watch out for me. Yeah. And if you have to, bitch, get in the bathroom and climb out the window. Yeah. 
because shit is real. I have seen too many stories on Tumblr and, you know, all sorts of things that are like, oh, I, like, you know, went to the bathroom in a, in a panic and, like, this stranger helped me. Or this host, like, the hostess or waiter or went to the kitchen, you know, and I went in the wrong door and someone helped me. They will help you. People will help you. You just tell them I need help. I'm in Get danger. Out. Like, Oh, wait, what is it? Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> there we go. Talking about ghosts again. Callbacks. <laughs> okay. We're off topic. Okay. Anyways, back to it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, um, did, like I said, kept this, okay, and moving on. Two months after he began meeting men at, uh, in nearby gay bars, taking back to his grandmother's house. Sorry, I already said that. 14, 14 years old. So this man is 26, um, at this time, 27, 20, I think this is 1986. Yeah, 1986 is the time frame. No. Somewhere in the late 80s. I don't have a year here. Sorry, guys. Um, so 14 year old James Doxtater. Doxtater? Doxtater. Dockstater. Dockstater. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So I tried to tried to summarize some of these things, but some of these things got too intense that like I, I couldn't summarize them. So he drugged him, strangled him, and dismembered him two weeks after the fact. Um, and then next came 22-year-old Richard Guerrero, who he then killed in the same manner, drugged, strangled, and dismembered for 24 hours later. The way that he would kill his victims, as we'll see further on, is he would, of course, drug them first, strangle them, and then he would cut off their heads first. Like yeah. after after they were already dead, uh, so like the the cutting off the head was like the first part to dismembering the body. Like I said, I've already heard a lot of this, and I can't wait for the power tools. Yeah, this is the fun part. Um, so then April, <laughs> you were like, oh, I can't. Yeah. this is the fun part. I'm so excited oh, for the rest God. of this because once again, we're still on page two of five. Um, so in April, he tried to lure another man. But his grandma heard him. So he, like, brought this man back to his house. Um, and, like, he thought that they were alone or that she was asleep during this. And he, um, like, his grandma said, Jeff, is that you? And he, like, immediately stopped. But this was after he had already given this uh, boy uh, a drink with sleeping pills in it. Um, and so he then, I don't have this written, but he then took this the boy to the county hospital and was like, oh, this guy's drunk. There was no further explanation there, so I don't know if he like had to make a report of this man being drugged or anything like that, but he took him to the hospital. Um, so then in September, his grandma asked him to move out because of all the late night, like bringing people home, all the men in her house, um, and the quote-unquote foul smells from the basement and the garage. Like, girl, have you ever smelled a rotting car carcass after a day or two? Imagine it being sitting there for a week, two weeks, in the garage, in the basement. Like, that shit would smell so much. I'm like, this milk is two days old. You leave we cut, need to get this you, shit out you of You leave cut chicken in your trash can for uh, two days, and it smells like literal trash. No, I fucking don't, because that's disgusting. I don't mean you, but, like, in general. I, I do. I know I do. That I'm like, oh, I cut chicken, put it in the trash, and, like, I just completely, you know, don't even, don't even realize it. Thomas is fucking crazy about that. He's like... Good. <laughs> At least, some, like, get it out of the house. It's smart, but, like, because it stinks. We, uh, you, I made you watch those anti-fee videos. Yes. He's like, she washed her chicken in her sink, and then she grabbed the knife, and she didn't wash her hands. He's like, <gasps> this, I can feel the salmonella on my exactly. body. Exactly. You can smell the salmonella in the apartment. Yeah, so I can only imagine the smells of rotting dead corpses in her basement and in her, her uh, uh, garage. Disgusting. I can't. Gross. So she just claimed foul smells. But, like, that is – those are – that's foul. Yeah. Um, 
So then he was arrested in January, no, in September of 1988 for uh, trying to lure a 13-year-old boy. He drugged him um, uh, and was convicted in January of 1989. During that time, shit continues. Two months after the conviction, so this is in November-ish, he connected with a boy named Anthony Sears who, like, he went through his night and claimed that he wasn't planning on killing anyone that night. Like, according to his testimonial. Sure. So he just said... Sure, Jan. He just Tell said, us. Anthony started talking to me. Like, that was his ter- his his terms. Um, so moving on to page three. We finally made it. So then he <laughs> drugged him and strangled him before placing the corpse in a, in his, in a bathtub um, and then decapitating him. Um, he found him exceptionally attractive, so he kept his head and his genitals, in all caps, in his work locker. Oh my god! How he had—it's just his genitals, so I assume penis and balls. Fucking chocolate factory. At this time, we we're gonna presume chocolate factory. So, so I mean, there's not supposed to be foul smells at a chocolate factory. They, they, so he he uh, preserved them. So he put them in a—I think acetone is what it said on there. So he was preserving this head in a big enough jar for a human head and genitals in two separate jars in his work locker. And like. Karen from accounting's not like, hmm, hmm so weird. What's in your locker? Yeah, let me what's see. What's your locker, Jeff? What's going on there? Like, I mean, if you're, you're opening your work locker with a bunch of workers people around, around, people will there see. There will always be people they will, around. They will see a fucking head in your locker. That's fucking wild. Yes. Yeah. That's why I wrote it in all caps, because I, I can't. Um, so then after the conviction of the 13-year-old boy, uh, so this, I guess he was still living with his grandma. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I tried to summarize as much as I could, and I think I cut some important things out. Um, so after the conviction, he moved into the city on— Okay, here we go, because I have something to add to the story that you haven't found then. Okay. Uh, when Jeffrey Dahmer—I I think he, he must be in his early 20s, or I, I feel like he was still in high school, but he uh, was, like, passing by a dumpster one day, and he found a male mannequin. Oh, that's later. Later than that? Yeah. No, was, no. That was. I'm sorry. That was around this this period. I didn't write it down, but yeah, it yeah. was. It was in this period. He got Finds a male, a male mannequin, mannequin and, and he brings it back to the house. And his grandmother's like, "I was putting clothes away in your room, and I found this male mannequin. That's fucking weird. What yeah. the hell are you doing?" And she told him to get rid of it. Yeah. Yes. And his dad comes by. And he's like, "You got to get rid of that male mannequin." Well, his dad wasn't. It's according to everything here. He was. It was very much just his grandma. Like from what I understand with everything. So maybe like movies and other things have like kind of depicted it differently. Uh, But like, I think this was mostly the ground, but yes, I did do remember the man mannequin. I didn't write it down because I didn't find it like it it was, didn't fit into my murders here. So I, I kind of ignored it, but I did see that. Yes. He did have a male mannequin and he did obvious, like she saw obvious signs of like master, like sex stuff with it. And so she was like, you need to get rid of that. So yeah, I saw it. So that's there. I just didn't write it down. This so yeah, got a lot of shit. Yes, literally. A, yeah, a fucking loaded story. Yeah, very loaded. Um, so then after his after his conviction of the masturbating, not masturbating, trying to take a thirteen year old boy, um, he then moved into the city. So I guess uh, I don't remember. Like he, he had a, like a ten day sentence in jail, and then had to like the rest of it was probation. Ten days for like trying to drug and basically take a thirteen year old child. Yeah, in a the, child in the late eighties, like. A fucking child. It's not an adult. <laughs> no. I don't know. So within a week, 
um, of living in the city now on North 25th Street in Milwaukee. Uh, he then murdered 13-year-old Raymond Smith. Uh, so then with a Polaroid, he took pictures of the body in suggestive poses before boiling the different pot- body parts, spray painting the skull, and then kept it with Anthony Sears's skull. Um, in his work locker? Uh, I think at this point, I don't know if it was his work locker or at this point he brought it back home. I don't know. Uh, but like he kept it like with with them together. Um, uh, one week after, he tried to lure another man, but ended up drinking the drug drink, and then the guy robbed him. Like took three hundred dollars from his wallet. That's like, what you get. Took his wallet, like all this other stuff. But I was like, how did you not find the skulls, or you know maybe like blood, or you know smelly body parts, or anything like that in this house? Like, at this, I mean, he could have, and he was just like, fuck it, whatever. So yeah, so. He took the the drug drink and ended up passing out and whatever. So he apparently told his probation also, officer. Also, what the fuck? How do you not know which one you drugged? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, does, I don't. If you drug a drink, it doesn't like change colors or anything like that. So well, he's yeah, like, but still, you know, like the drugged one is in the right hand and the not one is in the left. Here yeah, but go. if he's like chatting with someone, like you know, walking, like sometimes I'm like holding two wine glasses and like I don't remember which one's mine. So, you know. Even though you I better never be careful, drugged, girl. Uh, well, I'm not drugging anyone. <laughs> well, yeah, but somebody could be drugging you. If I'm <gasps> serving the one, oh, at girl. the eggle, girl, girl, you in danger, Molly, you in danger. <laughs> so, um, yeah, after that, so um, he told his probation officer about this, um, but didn't report it to police. He just like reported it to the probation officer a few days later. Um, so this was in May. Uh, so then June 1990, uh, Edward Smith was murdered. Uh, so he kept the body parts for several months in a freezer and accidentally destroyed the skull in the oven. So he was trying to preserve it um, and like ended up, I guess, blowing it up in the oven. Um, so he felt rotten, particularly rotten about this murder because he didn't get to keep any of the body parts from him. So like, oh, yeah, kill. yeah, my, my, my reward for at the end of this, you know, attempt and or not attempt, the actual success, I guess, of killing Some someone. Fucking kinder surprise. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I, I, I can't, I like it's reading all these things honestly make me like sick to the stomach. Cause like, it's just so scary because like, I mean, we go to the gay bars all the time. Like, and I mean, I've met some some dudes, and like it just. What if I trusted the wrong person? Like it just yeah. terrifying to me. Um, I'm gonna stop wing manning for you. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm like after reading Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm like, oh boy, are you gonna be a serial killer or not? Like, <laughs> I can't with this. Um, How about a quiet Friday night listening to a podcast? Yes, listen to our spoopy That's podcast. Our spoopy podcast at Instagram.com, <laughs> our spoopy at Twitter.com, and our spoopy at podcast at Facebook.com and our spoopy podcast.com. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so we got that plugged again. Tally three. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, then three months later, he enticed Ernest Miller with $50 to listen to his heart and stomach. That's what he was like. I'm offering you $50 to come back to my house so I can listen to your heart and stomach. Um, so then when he got him back to the house, he tried to do the oral sex with him. Um, and he refused without extra money. So then at that point, Dahmer tried to drug him, but only had two sleeping pills left. So when he got up, 
after putting sleeping pills in his drink, he could tell that the sleeping pills were not going to be enough to completely knock him unconscious. So he slashed his carotid, carotid artery, artery in the neck um, with the same tools that he used to peel people's skin, the paring knife, uh, and the guy bled oh, out. Goodness. So Ern Ooh. Ernst Ernest Miller bled out. Um, upon decapitation, uh, Dahmer, because like, like, like I said, the first step for him was taking off the head. Uh, Dahmer then kissed and talked to the head during the rest of the dismemberment. Um, he then, While the head is decapita decapitated? Yeah. Like I'm right now I'm envisioning like him because the body's in the bathtub. Like I'm envisioning him propping it up on the toilet next to him, like his bleeding head right next to him and just like. That's foul. Yeah. How do you feel about the gore now? <laughs> Keep going, bitch. <laughs> so then uh, he we got two and a half pages to go. Yeah. He kept the heart, he kept the biceps, and then he kept the leg flesh, which he later ate, consumed. Um, he refined mm. his bleaching techniques at this point, diluted the bleach so that he could keep all of the bones and the skull. Um, so we'll later find out that he kept two full skeletons of two of his um, victims, and one of them was Ernest Miller, this one here. So he kept all of the bones for this one. Um, the next murder was 22-year-old Davis Thomas. Three weeks later, uh, after drugging him, Dahmer was no longer attracted to him. So, like, he, like, reached that point that was like, hey, come back to my house. Like, let's hang out. Uh, you know, talked like, to him at the apartment, got him drink, drugged him, and was like, you eh. know what? Eh, eh, I'm done at this point. So he just killed him because he was afraid that if he woke up from the, the drugs, he'd that he'd, he'd be mad about being drugged. So he just killed him. Hmm. So he intentionally did not keep any body parts from this guy. So like he killed someone for no no reason. Once again, after the first person that was talking to him, no, no, no that was Anthony Sears. No, um, who was? Oh, Edward Ernest. Smith. Edward Smith. He felt rotten about the murder because murder he didn't get to keep any of the body parts. So yeah, so two people basically died for no reason. No reason. Yeah, um, I mean they all died for no reason. Touche. Touche. You're right. I'm sorry. That was. A, a lapse in my wording. All but of them died for no reason, but still, Thomas yeah. Is like, eh, I don't even really like you anymore. Like, can't you just swipe left? Or just like throw his body out on the street, like after Call he was drugged, and yeah. Put him on a corner. Yeah, exactly. Say like, oh, this man is drugged, and he'd wake up and say, what the fuck happened? I don't know what happened. And like, I mean, he must know his name or something. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, he killed him f f and did nothing with his body. Um, Five months passed, and he did not successfully lure anyone. Uh, so five months of him not killing anyone. However, supposedly there was five attempts made to try and lure someone in. So there was five more people that got away with their lives. Um, in February 1991, 17-year-old We're getting Kurt too close to my birthday. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Strotter was murdered. Uh, he kept his hands, head, and genitals. Um, in April 1991, 19-year-old uh, Errol Lindsay, a heterosexual, was brought back to his apartment. This time, he drugged him, drilled a hole I read that one. in his head, oh my God. and poured in hydrochloric acid. Yep. Hold on. In all caps, I wrote, he woke up and said, I have a headache. What time is it? This man, this has man has acid a in his hole head. in his head and acid in his brain. Destro hydrochloric acid is not something you fuck with. Like, I mean, when I was working in the science lab down in the medical center, I would open up a bottle of 13 molar hydrochloric acid and it would singe my nose hairs when it was like a solid, like two feet away from me. Like, 
that shit is not to be reckoned with. So he put this into his brain, a hole in his head, and the boy woke up after being drilled in the head and was still conscious and aware. Coherent. Coherent. Enough. So then Dahmer drugged him again and then dismembered him. Yeah, I remember in a movie I've seen, he's like, oh, it's fine. Just have another drink. And he gives him another drink. And the guy's like, okay, yeah. And yeah. It goes downhill from there. Yeah. And you're about to tell yeah, me about yeah, it. Exactly. So keep going. So then he drugged him and dismembered him. Uh, and then he tried to keep his flesh. So apparently he like peeled the flesh off and tried to like salt it and like tried to keep it as like a momentum. And it, it fell apart. So he couldn't keep it. Um, so this is the fun part that I was wondering this entire time during the year of this. Uh, this man is keeping bodies for several days. Uh, and once again, we're going back to the smell of rotting chicken in the apartment. Um, I have rotting chicken in my apartment for a day or two, and it stinks like crazy. Uh, I can only imagine what I did, what would happen if I left it in my apartment for a week, and how my neighbors would feel about that because it would immediately start to smell. So members of the apartment complex apparently complained to the manager. I don't. Her, I think last name was like Price or Princeton or Prince or something like that. Yep. Um, and she calls the police, doesn't she? No. According to the the stories here, she does not call the police. Okay. From what I okay, well, from what I've read in Wikipedia, it does not say anything about that. And you know, the internet is always true. Mm -hmm. Um, The man just complained to the manager about foul smells and sounds of chainsaws and falling objects. So I'm thinking like a full on like ten pound arm falling down on the ground, like that's gonna make some noise. Like, I mean, this stuff slapping around is not gonna be quiet. Um, especially in a shitty apartment complex in a not so great area of Milwaukee at the time, he's paying three hundred dollars a month in the late eighties, early nineties. Popsicle sticks, paper, literal paper. Like how? I mean, I guess these people are unconscious and not able to respond at all, so no screaming. But like, you can hear all, like bone saws. Are, I'm sure are very loud. I I have no idea. Um, I don't even think he had a bone size. I mean, he's getting like he's not a doctor. It's full on just a chainsaw. Yeah, chainsaw. From, like, do they have Home Depot? Yeah. Home Depot? Uh, maybe. Thanks, Home Depot. Sponsor us. <laughs> Ugh, don't. No. Wait. We don't support that. <laughs> Too far. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah. So then the manager does nothing. She basically just like is like, don't worry about it kind of thing. So she, I mean, she addresses it with Dahmer. And he explains the first time that she comes to his door that it was his freezer breaking and that, like, all his food spoiled. And, like, he had to, you know, take care of that or whatever. And so he was apologetic for it. Um, And then the second time he said all of his tropical fish died and that, like, that was another part of the smell. But I was like, okay, if it's that foul stench – like strong of a yeah, stench. Yeah, your fish die and you leave them there for a week thinking they're going to come back it to life. That doesn't not make plants. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Like you don't leave it there for that long and it smells that bad. Like why is no one second guessing this? Um, so that was, I mean, basically the end of that. Like she did nothing further. Like you, you've you had all these signs that this is a possi- possibility, excuse me. And like what? Come on, Gertrude. Yeah. So we're getting to – the longest of the murders that I wrote about. Um, so May 27th, 1991, he lures a 14-year-old boy named Conorak Synthanusimphone. Oh, this is what I mean. Yes. Uh, so he lures him um, where he was drugged, and then he once again drilled a hole in his head and poured acid in his head. Um, Dahmer led the semi-conscious boy, who had a hole in his head still, into the bedroom where he... where 
Conorak saw the naked dead body of a 31-year-old Tony Hughes next to the that bed. Dahmer had murdered three days earlier yep. without a reaction. But once again, he has a hole in his head and he's drugged. Yep. So, like, I mean, I don't know that there would be any reaction at this point because your brain is frying. It's literally um, melting. Exactly. So then Dahmer apparently, like, has beers, gets drunk, and then leaves to go buy more alcohol with a boiling-brained Conorak in his house. Mm-hmm. Um, upon his return towards the apartment, he discovers the boy at a corner near his apartment. Yep. Um, like, naked. Yep. Completely naked completely disoriented because he's drugged and has acid in his brain. In the movie, this shit is fucking cray. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, apparently three women found him and they are distraught. Yeah. Like, I'm imagining, like, Milwaukee Midwestern women, like, oh my god, oh my god, like, what is happening here? Like, full on, just like, going to town crazy. In the movie, they're hookers. Oh, excellent. I don't think it doesn't say hookers in Wikipedia, but excellent. In the movie, they're hookers and they're black. Mm-hmm. And keep going, and I'll get to the rest of that. Okay. So the three women called nine one one because Dahmer was trying to explain to them like, "Oh, he's my friend. Like, he gets super drunk. Like, I'll take care of him. Like, I'll just take him with me. Like, a no fourteen-year-old boy. Fourteen-year-old boy. And uh, they're like, uh, better not. Yeah. Thinking they're like, no, he's fucking lying no. in the movie. Yeah. He's a, he's trying to do something with this boy. We yeah. don't know what it is, but you better you better figure it out. So on to page four. They call the cops. They call nine one one. They tell him like cops are already on their way. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want to, but the cops are going to come with you, and they're going to you know whatever. So they basically try to dissuade him. Um, well, they say that once the cops get there, uh, Dahmer's demeanor completely changes to very calm, very collected, very like this is fine. This is fine. I, it's not like I have a literal dead naked body next to my bed right now and this boy has a hole in his head with acid and is drugged and naked and 14. Yep. Um, also, uh, according to Wikipedia, this boy was the younger brother of the 13-year-old that he got convicted of uh, drugging and attempted to take earlier. I don't really? know if that's true. That's what it said in Wikipedia. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I, I just was like, oh, that's interesting. I felt like I needed to note that. I didn't write it down, but I felt like I needed to note that. Um, so the ladies dissuade him and say, let's wait for the cops. So once the two officers get there, um, he tells the officer very, very calmly, very collected, very politely. He's like, guys, this guy is 19. He's my boyfriend. We got in a fight. He's just super drunk. We're in a lover's quarrel. Like everything's fine. Uh, so when one of the women gets particularly agitated, like very, like this is fucked up. Like this is not right. The cops apparently get pissed off pissed and say to butt out shut the hell up and tell her not to interfere because they ruled it as domestic right there uh, right there on the spot yep um so then they take him they props put, to that woman though yeah so they put this little boy in a towel to cover up his nudity and they take him back to Dahmer's apartment yep. which has foul odors uh, is, you know, disgusting. Uh, so Dahmer uh, uses the evidence of the nude Polaroids that he had taken of uh, uh, of him. Conorak earlier uh, while he was waiting to basically kill Murder him, him. Um, and use it as to persuade the cops that they were boyfriends, like they were together. Like, we take these nude pictures together, everything's fine, like, don't worry about it kind of thing. Uh, so when they took him to the apartment, they smelled they smelled the rotting corpse of the other guy in the house, which had been dead for three days. Uh, and so they simply peeked around and didn't see anything. 
So they didn't really look at all because, like I said earlier, it was the dead body of Hughes laying there next to the bed. Yep. Wonderful. So in all caps, I wrote, a simple background check, what the fuck, dudes. That's what I wrote. Because they could have gone back to the cop, their, their cop car, run a simple background check, and found out that this man was convicted multiple times of sexual uh, masturbating in front of 12-year-old children, uh, you know, taking trying to drug and take uh, home a 13-year-old boy. How could you also not tell that this kid was only 14? I mean, I know that, like, no, I'm not going to say that. But, like, some people age differently than others. And so, like, it's, you, you maybe can't tell how old this kid is, but, like, 14 is a very young age. Yeah, and it's noticeable. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I mean, people can look younger, but nobody who's 14 looks like they're 19. Yeah, exactly. Or vice versa. No one who's 19, you you may be like, oh, you 17, 18, you know, where are you at? When I was like 14, I'd be like, "Mm, people who are 19 look the same as 14. But now that I'm in my late 20s, I'm like. I see someone in college and I'm like. Grow I'm a like, beard or something. What the hell? Are you in <laughs> elementary school? Look at your little chubby cheeks. Ooh, so I'd be like my grandma, like, <laughs> <laughs> just let me pinch you. So after that, uh, I the next day he took off work so that he could dismember the bodies of Hughes and uh, Supernova Sup- phone. That's yeah. a hard name. Yeah, but he kept both the skulls. Um, so he dismembered the body, kept the skulls. Uh, on June thirtieth, so I skipped some days. Where am I? So that was the end of May. Um, on June 30th, he convinced 20-year-old Matthew Turner to come from to come from Chicago to Milwaukee for a photo shoot. Uh, he then murdered him the same way, placed his head and the internal organs in a plastic in plastic bags in a freezer, hoping to take out moisture. Uh, apparently, that did not work, um, so it kind of like ruined his whole idea. Um, five days later, uh, he brought a 23-year-old. Jeremiah Weinberger from a Chicago bar drugged him, injected boiling water into his head twice, which sent him into a coma and killed him two days later. Um, so, or that which killed him two days later. So, I mean, he boiled his brain in his head. Um, and then July 15th, uh, he lured Oliver Lacey, uh, then Joseph Braden, Breda, Bredahoft, Bredahoft, um, in on July 19th, so four days apart, um, acidified the body, uh, acidified his body and the two from the previous month. So, I mean, he, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he had three bodies at that point that he's basically taken care of. Um, I, I don't know why I write finally page. Oh, finally on page four, we get to his arrest. So that is after 17 murders. Jesus. Like we're up to 17 murders at that point. 17 uh, that he admitted to. Exactly. Um, so then on July 22nd, he tried to, he approached a trio and tried to lure, uh, from what it sounds like, all of them back to his apartment at one time uh, with $100. Um, but only one of them, 32 year old Tracy Edwards, agreed. Um, and so uh, upon entering the apartment, already noticed a foul odor and boxes of hydrochloric acid. Um, Dahmer then, like a, a, a like minor conversation happened, Dahmer put a handcuff around one wrist um, and then attempted, like, as they were continued talking, like, it, he didn't, like, really question, well, he did question it, but, like, Dahmer was like, don't worry about it, like, this is, like, you know, part of, you know, some of the stuff, and attempted to put it on the other wrist, but didn't, so he's just got handcuffs around one, one wrist, wrist here, um, and so then he takes him to the bedroom for nude photos. In the bedroom, 
Edwards then noticed a large, like, gallon drum, like, 57-gallon drum in the bedroom with a huge foul odor coming out of it. So dead bodies are acidifying in there, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Dahmer then pulls a large knife on him. Or they just said it, he, like, showed it. Like, I guess is the way that kind of described it. It's, like, basically, like, threatening, like, fucking let's take yeah let's let's take some some pictures um and so edward is like okay okay like i got this uh we'll do nudes like don't worry and like began to unbutton his shirt uh only under the circumstances that he promised to put away his knife and take off the handcuff um so in response Dahmer simply turns to the tv which is playing exorcist three um and begins rocking back and forth and chanting before turning his attention back to edwards uh he then placed his head on Edward's chest, um, listening to his heartbeat, and with the knife pressed against the intended victim, informed Edwards that he intended to eat his heart. So this man is like literally telling him, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna eat your heart. Like this is happening. Like as I'm like, at, like I'm over here like rocking back and forth to like try and show Spencer what's happening. But this is a podcast, so you can't see what's happening. But like I'm imagining like this literal crazy person like on the edge of a seat, like I want to kill you so bad, kind of thing. Like anxious, like I'm ready to kill. Fucking Kill. mad person. Yeah, exactly. So, Edwards then like calms him down, saying like, "We're we're friends. We're friends. We're friends. Everything's fine. Don't worry. We're good. We're good." But at the same time, like looking for an exit. Like, how fucking calm do you have to be? Because I can't. I imagine. would not be. I'd be bawling, like full on, like please don't kill me. I'll do anything. Like I'll do. I'll help you. Like whatever. Like I'd be bawling, crying. Like I, I, once I realized that I was in the corner of death, like. I'd, I'd be done. Um, so he tries to calm him from attacking because he knows it's kind of like impending. Uh, and so he asked to use the bathroom and if they could just chill with the beer in the living room because that's where the AC was. So he was like, you know, let's go in there. You know, like, let's chill. Let's talk. You know, whatever. So Dahmer agrees. Surprise. Uh, so Dahmer lets him go to the bathroom. Um, and like when he comes out of the bathroom, he's still looking for his exit. So he's like, one way or the other, I was either going to run out the front door that was um, unlocked at the time still, or I was going to jump out the window. Like there was no, nothing keeping me here. So he, um, once they're in the bathroom, like Dahmer loses his concentration slightly. And so at that point he asked to use the bathroom again, he rose and, uh, punched Dahmer in the face and ran. So like punched him, knocked him Fucking off his feet, knocked it. his balance and just ran. Uh, so once outside, this is 1130 at night after being in his apartment for five hours now, uh, flagged down some cops at the corner who noticed him wearing a handcuff. Uh, so they, he asked him like, please take off my handcuff. Like there's a freak in there. Like, um, I, like I can't, uh, the cops, the keys didn't work. So, so he agrees to go back with the cops. I wrote that in all caps too, to go back with the cops with, to get a key, to get the handcuffs off. Personally, I'd say no. You go to that person's house. You go deal with him because I am not going anywhere near that ever again. I'm going to cut this off. I lived. I'm gone. Like, I'm done with Take all of this. Take my hand. Like, like We're done. cut off my hand. Like, I will figure out a way to cut this handcuff off. Like, I'm not going anywhere I, near it again. There's a welder nearby. <laughs> there's something that will burn this off. Like, dragon fire. Like, yeah. if any of you listeners watch Game of Thrones, just freaking Dracarys. Like, take it off me. Uh, um, they're all disappointed. They're not watching right now. That's fine. They're all sad because uh, it's over. And it didn't end the way that people wanted. Ooh, spoilers. Um, so when they get to the door, once again, Dahmer is just like calm as fuck. 
He's like, hey. He's just like, they knock and he's like, come on in. Like, he invited him inside, making no remarks about, like, why. He was like, yeah, I, I put the handcuff on him. Like, admitted that, but, like, didn't explain why. Um, and then didn't explain why he threatened him with a knife. He just, like, didn't respond to, like, the questions about the threatenings. Um, and so then the cops go into the bedroom to try and get the key. Uh, and, like, Dahmer tries to, like, go around them. And, like, the other cop, like, tries to stop. Like, there's two cops in there. The first cop goes into the bedroom and the other cop's like, nah, bro, like back up. Hold up. Like we, we got this. So the cop that goes into the bedroom sees a large knife underneath the bed that was used as a threatened, but also notices an open drawer to, while trying to, to get the key where Dahmer tells him it's at. Um, and the open drawer has Polaroids of all of the dismembered bodies that he's taken of these, 17 people that he's killed. Mm-hmm. So the first cop somehow not losing his freaking cool walks back to the other cop looking at the Polaroids notices the decor, excuse me, the decor of the apartment is here Similar. where they're at. The they're same. like looking and seeing this is the same place that this, this is taking place. And so he shows the other cop and says, this is real. And so at that point, Dahmer freaks out. Um, and like tries to basically resist arrest, get out, run, run, whatever, something. Um, and the cops overpower him uh, before they find another severed head in the fridge. So yep. one, someone he had killed a few days earlier, um, with a three days, a week to three days earlier. One of the one of the people. I don't know which one. They didn't say which head they found, but they found one in the fridge. Yep. Um, in the freezer. No fridge. In it said fridge? fridge. It specifically said fridge. So that yeah. means he was keeping it fresh at that point. So it was yeah. like a fresh kill. Uh, yeah. Um, so then we get to, I kind of sped a lot of this up because I was mostly focused on the murders for this point. Um, so I didn't really talk much beyond that. Uh, but they get to the point where the Criminal Investigation Bureau found, let me list it. I listed it all out. We've got, how many bullet points is this? Probably 10, 15. Plus two, about 15. Uh, we've got, Four severed heads in the kitchen. Mm. We have seven skulls painted uh. and bleached. Mm. We then had blood dripping in a tray under the near the fridge, like a collection tray. He was trying to collect the blood underneath. The, ew. Yeah, not no, like inside the fridge, but like it, like underneath it. So he was like trying to. I, it's still gross, but like, yeah. <laughs> but if it's bleeding in the fridge, he wants the blood. Still. Yeah, he wants the blood. Ugh, he, they then find two human hearts, portions of arm muscle wrapped in plastic bags. An entire torso in the fridge. So, like, I'm thinking from the neck down to the pelvis. Like, mm-hmm. an entire torso in the fridge. Um, human organs in several different bags in the freezer. Uh, two entire skeletons. Uh, a pair of severed hands. Um, we've got two severed and preserved penises. Uh, we've got a mummified scalp. So, he scalped someone and kept it. it. Yeah. Um, and then the large drum with three bodies in acid. A total of three, three bodies. How so, do you fit three in there? Uh, I don't know. Also, but, your fridge is entirely full. Where do you eat? I mean, he's Not eating them. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's what he's eating straight out of the fridge. Also, I mean, just just like to... I do with this is a terrible analogy, and I will never look at the same. Just like when I open my string cheese bag and I'm just standing at the fridge eating that, maybe that's what he's doing with human hearts. It's not string cheese. It's shredded cheese. Shred, whatever, shredded and cheese. And you're a goblin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So then the chief medical examiner later states 
during this investigation, it was more like dismantling someone's museum than it was an actual crime scene. Like that's how far and fucked up like this entire situation was. Um, So then over the next two weeks, uh, there were 60 hours of interviews conducted with him where he readily admitted to all of the murders of the 17 young men. I mean, how do you deny that? Yeah. You can't. I mean, he he basically like told them the full stories of like exactly like he knew everyone's names and like everything that had happened and like what he did to every single one of the bodies. Uh, So then we get to the trial because I sped up a lot of things here. Uh, The defense tried to declare him insane due to a necrophilic drive. Uh, and they like brought in three doctors to try and prove that. Um, and they all gave him different diagnoses that claimed that he was insane. Um, then the prosecution was like, nah, he was, he was sane. Um, but there was, it was like an act of murder. I, I quoted here. said the act of murder was committed in hostile hostility, anger, resentment, frustration, or anger, I'm sorry, or hatred that, and that the 15 victims for whose murder he was tried died merely to afford Dahmer a period of sexual pleasure. Yep. So basically these people died just so he could get Get off. off. Like the end. Um, He was given 15 life sentences because the death penalty in Wisconsin was outlawed. Uh, Two of the, uh, so 15 life sentences at the time of his first trial. Uh, So I didn't write this down, but the one in Ohio later happened. Um, And then like the trial later happened because he admitted to finding, uh, admitted to the house and, you know, the bone, the one in Ohio when he was 18. Um, And like they found all the bones in the the woods behind his house. Uh, The other one didn't happen I don't why he didn't get tried. It was his first murder. Uh, oh, because he didn't remember it. And so like there was no evidence or clarity as to what happened to his first murder. And so they they couldn't his his hearsay. Yeah. So they couldn't convict him of it. Um, so there was no evidence of like that was over for that. So he only got to- a total of 16 life sentences. So um, he spent the first year of jail in solitary confinement because he, they were worried about the safety. They just had the safety of the the people in the prison. So the way that made it sound was like they were afraid of other everyone. Other, yeah. The, no, no, no. They were afraid of other people he would murder from what yeah, it, they yeah, might yeah, sound yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, because like, I was like, well, I would think the other way around that people would want to kill him. Same here. But apparently they were more worried about him killing and eating or whatever, the other people in the jail. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened in in jail. Um, oh, oh, I forgot this bullet point because I wrote this one in all caps too. Um, after the trial, after the sentence, there was a request by his father to spend 10 minutes with him. So his father, after knowing he killed 17 men and destroyed their bodies, did all sorts of nasty stuff, was like, hey, I went 10 minutes with my son because I want to give him well wishes and hug him. Ugh. How? I've never known that. How creepy is that? Like, I don't I don't know. I I guess I, I have not a had monster. a child. I don't know that I'll ever have a child, but your son is a monster. He has destroyed 17 young men's lives way too short. Some of them were 14, going 14. up to, to like their 13. late 20s. Yeah, exactly. Like, you murdered young people. And you still like I, I have don't know. compassion I, you, for someone. Exactly. Like that. I don't. I can't wrap my mind around it. Both his mom and his dad had compassion for it. This, there's a lot of stuff, like I said, that I did not write down. Uh, his mother mother got weekly calls from him in jail, um, like to talk about life, and he was like so 
he knew his life was threatened in jail. Like he knew that the other inmates did not like him. And I mean, so, but like at the same time, he was like so content with dying that like he was just fine. Oh, he was fine with it because because then they also said that he found basically found Jesus in jail. Like started to look at because I was like I was like uh, looking at this when this once uh, anyone who's Christian, please don't attack me. Um, I looked at it as kind of like a a ploy to try and get sympathy sympathy saying like oh i was baptized i'm fine now everything's fine like you know i'm a born again christian it's like you can't do that not in alabama (laughs) call back (laughs) oh god we got that um but yeah like you can't murder 17 people and just say like oh i'm forgiven i found jesus everything's fine like i'm suddenly yeah and he's like yo bro it's fine bad idea but but Come like you good, you good. Like you can't do that. That's just you can't. So um, that was not written in there. So he kind of like talked about like with his his mom about how he didn't care if he lived, and she was worried of, of his like impending Suicide death. Basically, yeah, exactly. Um, so then in no, on November eighteenth of nineteen ninety four, uh, he was murdered by another inmate. So the story goes that the three of them were on like cleaning duty for their like work duty or whatever, and they go into the bathroom and. Um, uh, one of them goes to like the lockers. One of them goes like the toilet area and the other guy follows Dahmer into the locker area or vice versa and knocks him out with an iron bar and like basically bludgeons him to death uh, and then kills the other guy too. Um, And then he was like, the, the guy who murdered them at first was like, I got a calling from God that was like, they don't belong kind of thing. They need to die. And so he murdered them. Um, and then in 2015, so like four years ago, he was like, nah, dog, that didn't happen. I didn't know it was going to happen. Like they, they threatened me or, or something like that and like made me upset and we got into a fight and like, that's just what happened. So like mm-hmm. after like 15, 15 plus five, this is 20 years, <laughs> can't do math. Uh, 20 years later, he's just like, that didn't actually happen. Like you can't just like recant your story. But anyways, that guy that was in jail was already in jail for um, uh, murder. So then he got two more life sentences for those two, those two murders too. Because the the uh, attorney general or you know something like that was like, don't glorify him as a hero for killing Dahmer. Uh, he still took people's lives. Um, and so then we get to the aftermath. We're kind of wrapping up here. Um, a civic group. Uh, so at first, like the uh, a lawsuit came about with like eight of the families that were like basically suing for a class action lawsuit for damages essentially. Um, and they tried to a Dahmer's estate. Like, I I, I don't know who it was. It was just like a, like a suit. Uh, And so they were trying to take Dahmer's estate basically. And so they were trying to um, auction his estate is what they were saying. And so this civic group raised a ton of money uh, very quickly to buy all of Dahmer's stuff and then destroy it and then bury it in an undisclosed location. So what civic group? Who cares about him that much? It was just called like a civic civic group, a uh, civic pride group of something. Like it wasn't that they cared about him. It was just that they cared about like no one having dumber stuff because they didn't, I guess, didn't want to glorify his stuff yeah, or like who he was or like the lifestyle that he had. Because, you know, there's some freaky, crazy people, cr- out, freaky there. people out there that would totally be like, oh, yeah, I want this like murder stuff like totally be very into that um so yeah that they i guess like took over that and like took it and buried it and destroyed it um and so then in august i think of 1991 <gasps> uh, after he was 
I'm not supposed to be excited about that, but that's when I was born. Well, they had a candlelight vigil for like the Milwaukee community to kind of share their feelings over what happened and like share, share their grief and anger and all that stuff. Um, and uh, then I finished with the apartments on the lot were demolished um, and it's still a vacant lot to this day. Uh, there have been apparently numerous plans for like a park or memorial, even building new housing and all that's just kind of like fell through. Uh, because I feel like that area is haunted, haunted as, as fuck. fuck. <laughs> and we'll talk about that next time. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I kind of wrap that up. And I just uh, like, like I said, this is, it's so real. Because like yeah. this could literally happen at any point to any, because this man was just like showing up. Because like uh, looking at the pictures, this is also going to sound a little creepy. He was not an ugly person. Yeah, like I'm going to post a, an Instagram about um, like side by side of, his picture and then of something that I think equates to no, no end house. Yeah. There are no pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild. Like he, it's, he's it's like not, young. He doesn't look crazy. No, he looks like a conventionally like charming and like semi attractive. I mean, he looks like a redneck. Yeah. But he doesn't but like, look like somebody that you think murders. People. No, exactly. And so like, if you have someone with the apparently charisma and the calmness and like politeness that is, a, has been written about in these past five pages that he's able to just like calmly talk to these cops when he's got five dead bodies in his apartment, in his like he's just like, he's got that, that much charm and wit. This man is obviously very knowledgeable. That's that was another thing that I was very like about the whole trial is like, he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Like, yeah you can't go through 17 murders and not know what the fuck you're doing. Like it just baffles me, baffles me. So like that was one, my thing, like take away from this entire thing is like this happened 26 years ago ago when I was born. Uh, And this was like wrapping up as I was born, as you were born. Um, And like it's still possible in like today's day and age. So like, Always know who you're with. Always make sure someone knows who you're with mm-hmm. and, like, knows where you're going at all times. Keep them updated. Exactly. Because, like, uh, and nowadays, like, phone technology, it's much easier to, like, know. Stay safe. Exactly. Yeah. So. Jeez. Sorry to take it down a dark road there, but I was very, like, I, I guess I'd only just heard references about Dahmer. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. He eats people. Whatever. And I found a very dark alley very yes, fast. Girl. And it you was like, terrifying. I'm going to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. I was like. Oh, I can't do another murder because that's going to be way too rough yeah. for everyone. So I did that, and that was rough for me. So I'm going to avoid murders for a little bit and maybe go back to ghosts and pretend that none of this happened. I'll head on to the murders because I'll choose ones that are not Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, God. Okay. Well, we made it through this one, and I'm proud of us. Um, I'm sorry that this one was not quite as comically pleasing as all of our as our other two episodes were, but I hope that you enjoyed listening to us. Um, and I hope that you know not to, um, get in strangers' cars. Yeah. Yeah. Don't trust a serial killer, honestly. And we know this one is long as well. Um, we, I, I guess we just have a lot to talk about. Um, we like to talk to y'all. So in the future, for the next two episodes, what we're going to try is one full episode of fully just Chris's story and one full episode of fully just my story. Um, tell us what you think. If you like that better, that's the uh, the format that we'll switch to. And Spencer, uh, where do they tell us that at? They can tell us that at Instagram.com slash Our Spoopy Podcast. And Our Spoopy Podcast.com. And in Twitter.com slash, or no, at Twitter, Our Spoopy. And Facebook. Facebook, Our Spoopy Podcast. Um, 
goodbye. I mean, what would we say? Get get spoopy with it. Get spoopy, get spoopy with, with it. it. Box up, ready to go. Flame on. Flame Let's on. Let's go. All of our everything. Bye. Yes. Bye.